0: Welcome to Converse from the Couch from Lifestance Health, where each episode you'll hear engaging and informative conversations with leading mental health professionals that will help guide you on your journey to leading a healthier, more fulfilling life. Hello everyone, and welcome to convos from the Couch by Lifestance Health. I'm Nikki Lianza, and on today's episode, I'll be talking with Dr. Rachel Dalthorpe on the use of ketamine and esketamine in the treatment of mental health disorders. So welcome, Dr. Dalthorpe. Really great to have you on. Well,
1: thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here.
0: I definitely see you as the authority on this topic. So I'm really looking forward to really kind of digging in and having you share your knowledge on this. So as we begin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So
1: I am a psychiatrist. I work for Lifestands Health in Oklahoma. I uh, started a private practice in 2014, and I was focused at that time on women's mental health, so developed a practice that, you know, treats women that have hormone-related mood disorders like PMDD, peri- and postpartum depression, and um, perimenopausal mood and anxiety disorders, and um, a couple of years after I got started in that practice, I became very passionate about treatment-resistant depression and was looking for ways to treat patients um, that weren't responding to traditional therapies. Um, And kind of came across research and um, data about these new um, medicines that work differently than traditional antidepressants. So ketamine and esketamine are the the medicines that I'm speaking of. Um, Started to provide those in practice and um, really just changed the way that I practice and how I view mental illness um, and what's happening in the brain. um, And really see these treatments as superior to um, what we have out there. And I'm really passionate about increasing access to them. Great. Great. So let's begin. Tell us, what's will start with ketamine. Tell us what ketamine is. So ketamine has been around um, for a very long time. It's actually on the World Health Organization top 10 list of medications because of its importance as an anesthetic. Um, but about 25 years ago, they started to realize that ketamine um, had antidepressant effects in patients. Um, so that kicked off some discovery um, and leading ultimately to the FDA approval of S-ketamine nasal spray, um, but also along the way helped us better understand the underlying pathophysiology involved in depression. So leading up to the development of these new medicines, we really had very limited uh, mechanism of action for antidepressants. So ketamine is generic. It is a racemic mixture of two enantiomers, S-ketamine and R-ketamine. And like I said, it's been around a long time. Janssen Pharmaceuticals took the s tumor which is the more potent part of that chemical, and created a new medication out of it um, called S-ketamine. It's a nasal spray. It's been on the market since 2019.
0: So that's what the S-ketamine is. That's, that's what the S-ketamine is. Nasal spray. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Um, so... You mentioned earlier, as you were giving your introduction to yourself of looking, working with those who have treatment-resistant depression. And I know that's one of the uses for sure that we use ketamine and S-ketamine. Tell us a little bit about what is treatment-resistant depression?
1: Well, I mentioned that traditional antidepressants all worked the same. So they were developed, and um, you know, going all the way back to the first ones and looking at, you know, fluoxetine all the way through the newer medicines. They were developed on this um, theory that depression is caused by a deficiency in these monoamine neurotransmitters. Um, So dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine. And it's true that in many patients, a deficiency in those neurotransmitters causes depression. But we realize that so many patients have different causes of their depression. So it isn't one disorder in the brain that causes everyone's depression. So it's insanity to think that you can treat a different type of depression with the same medicine. And so that's, what's really special about these new medicines is that they are differentiated. They work on a different neurotransmitter system in the brain and they work rapidly and they help people who haven't been responsive or haven't tolerated traditional antidepressant therapies.
0: So as we're looking at how it works in the brain it's definitely working on those neurotransmitters. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes,
1: so, um, and I'm sorry, I didn't hear that.
0: Giving us a little bit more insight in how else ketamine and esketamine works in the brain to improve our Okay,
1: results. so we mentioned the monoamine neurotransmitters. They are dysfunctional in patients who respond to ketamine and esketamine. But the difference is the effect of stress in the brain. So esketamine and ketamine work rapidly to increase a hormone in the brain called um, brain derived neurotrophic factor. And you can think about brain derived neurotrophic factor, BDNF, for short as like fertilizer for your brain cells. Okay. So when someone is struggling with depression, stress often is part of that. The brain cells, the neurons, they start to um, not function well. They don't have a lot of uh, what we call dendritic spines, which enable them to talk to each other. They're kind of shriveled up and they're not healthy. So if you increase brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which these medicines do very rapidly within four hours, it creates- wow, that's really quick. It's very wow. fast. Synaptic plasticity. So. That means that the brain cells that aren't able to communicate well with each other are starting to grow and sprout new connections. When those neurons are able to connect to each other, they form connections called tracks of neurons that then form circuits that connect different parts of the brain. So we think that in depression, patients um, don't have the right balance of neurotransmitter function in different areas of the brain. um, And that leads to depressive illness.
0: Wow, that's really interesting. Uh, Two points here of one, how quickly it seems to work. Because I think when we're looking at typical antidepressants, it could take weeks, you know, to really kind of feel it for people to feel the effect. But it sounds like with ketamine and esketamine, you you sound like you're saying hours for people to start to feel a little better. Is that pretty typical that it's that short of a time?
1: So I I don't ever tell a patient, you know, tomorrow you're going to feel great because I don't want to set that expectation. You know, most of our patients are pretty hesitant to put too much hope in a treatment because they've experienced so many failures in the past. But it's not uncommon that someone will say, I felt better by the next morning. But um, if it's going to work and it has a very high rate of um, response, maybe 70%, we're going to know pretty quickly within the first week or so if this is a great um, option for patients.
0: And the next point is that it sounds like it actually... Grows and connects to neurons, like truly the neuroplasticity. Like, that's amazing. I don't think that's something, and I'm not sure about this, that traditional antidepressants do or help nurture,
1: but ketamine S, ketamine does. So, traditional antidepressants can increase brain drive neurotrophic factor, but yeah. it takes weeks. Uh, um, yeah. And, you know, traditional antidepressants come along with a host of side effects that many patients can't tolerate. True. You know, If you um, have a patient with treatment-resistant depression, you're looking at medicines, by the time you get to option number three, you only have about a 14% chance of response in a patient. So when I see a patient and I start them on an antidepressant, I'm picking the one I think is going to have the best side effect profile and it's the best fit for their type of depression and their symptoms they're experiencing. So by the time I get to number three, I'm probably on a medicine that's going to have more side effects, maybe sexual dysfunction, weight gain things that patients should not have to tolerate to have their depression and remission. Um, and so if they fail a couple of medicines, I wanna really think about these newer options um, and not spend more time doing you know, more treatment with the same type of medicine.
0: Oh, right, of course. So can you give us a little
1: bit of an idea of what the treatment protocol, what this looks like? Yep. So very similar between ketamine and S-ketamine. Um, S-ketamine is a nasal spray. They're both in-office treatments. Ketamine is an IV infusion, the way that we provide it. Um, We have what we call an induction phase. So after a patient goes through the consultation process for treatment, we make sure that they're a good candidate. Um, They begin this induction phase. So they have treatment twice a week for three to four weeks. And at that time, we start to taper off the treatment. We can go to once a week and just see how far in between treatments they can go and maintain the treatment response.
0: Now, are there side effects? I know we mentioned about antidepressants having side effects, but are are there side effects to ketamine and esketamine
1: too? There are. And, you know, for some that work in mental health, they're they're not used to the type of side effects that these medicines have because they're truly different, um, but they're very transient. So if you think about some of our traditional therapies that do cause, um, you know, problems with sexual dysfunction and obesity, those are problems that a patient is going to experience every day with that medicine. Um, With these treatments, the side effects may be, feel a little bit more dramatic, but they're so transient. It's while they're here in the office and we're taking care of them and monitoring them, but they can be things like increased blood pressure, um, something called dissociation, which is um, kind of an altered level of consciousness. We can talk more about that. Um, Nausea and sedation, those are the most common side effects that we see, but again, very temporary um, and they resolve before the patient leaves.
0: Oh, that's great. We talked about treatment resistant depression and how that's often, one of the number one things that ketamine S-ketamine will treat, are there other mental health
1: uh, disorders that it might also be helpful with? So esketamine, the nasal spray does have FDA approval for two types of major depressive disorders. So treatment resistant major depressive disorder, but also depression in patients who also have suicidal ideation. So those are the two FDA approved indications for esketamine. Um, for ketamine, there's a lot of research that's ongoing, not just for depressive disorders, but other psychiatric disorders, including PTSD, Um, personality disorders, bipolar depression, and even some substance abuse disorders.
0: Great. That's great. Wow. Any other takeaways you'd like to share about ketamine or estetamine?
1: I think the biggest takeaway for me is that, you know, we're really in a mental health crisis and all the data, when you look at the incident rate of depression is kind of behind um, where we really are in practice. So the COVID has set us back and the incident rate of depression is higher than it's ever been. Um, You know, I have three sons that are college age. They're more likely to die from suicide than any other cause at this time. So we really are in a point where we're at a crisis and we have to, to act. So if you or your family member, um, was to get treatment for depression you'd want the latest and greatest and the yeah. medicine that's most likely to put them into remission quickly and without side effects and that's what these medicines can do so um, I hope that we can start to think of these medicines earlier when we're treating patients and um, I'm really working to a- increase access to, um, to them for everyone so that's the takeaway is that we really have a need yes
0: definitely there is for sure so thank you so much, Dr. Dalthor, for sharing this information to really bring this into more people's awareness because I don't think people understand really what it is if they have heard about it. So you definitely did a great job expanding your knowledge about it. And I agree, it's definitely cutting edge and we can all use some more cutting edge treatment, especially within mental health, for sure. So thank you again.
1: Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity. You're welcome.